And it's out on the road again with Gabrielle, and we are seated opposite Rabbi Avraham Davis. Many of you will know his name in association with the many different books that have been published under the masthead of Mitsuda. So if you have a Siddur or one of many other volumes, that came through the work of Rabbi Avram Davis. Quota Ralph, thanks for being with us tonight on The Gabriel Sanders Show. Thank you, Gabriel. It's my pleasure to be with you, and I appreciate the time. Let's, uh, some of the projects that the Rav has done over the years that people might recognize as Mitsuda projects would be what? Would be the uh, Kitzur Shulchan Aruch, the uh, linear Mitsuda Chumashim with Rashi, and the series of Tanakh, the Nevi'im uh, Rishonim, Shmuel Aleph, Shmuel Beis, Melochim Aleph, Melochim Beis, Yeshua and Shoftim, and of course the Machzorim of all the Yantovim, and other many other things that the Kuzari, and other things that you may be familiar with. Indeed. Now tonight we want to talk about a particular volume that to many may be the first time they've ever heard about it. Others might go, oh, I remember some reference to that, and there might be even fewer still that might have a Hebrew or a Yiddish edition of this particular book, which is known as the Kav Hayashar. Who was the author of the Kav Hayashar? When did he live? What were his times like? The author of the Kav Hayashar was a rabbi called Svihersh Kedanov, who was born in the town of Kedanov near Minsk. He grew up and studied in Minsk. And after a certain tragedy affecting his family, his father moved him and his, his wife and children to Frankfurt in Germany, where his father became the Rav, the rabbi of Frankfurt, and he spent most of his lifetime in Germany. And if we could look at this in terms of a rough approximation of from what years to what years? He was born in the year 1665 and passed away in the year 1705 and was buried in Frankfurt, the cemetery in Frankfurt. And during that time, he authored this Sefer Kavayosher and various other svarim. But of course, the Kavayosher is the most famous and the most probably uh, important of all the works that he did author. What makes it so important, and what was its significance, say, up until before World War I? Well, the significance was that during the time before, many tragedies had befallen the Jewish people, and there was a lot of despair, a lot of depression, and there was also false hopes that was created mm-hmm. by a certain individual mm-hmm. who uh, misled, unfortunately, and destroyed many spiritual souls among the Jewish people. At that time, Rabbi Kedinov wanted to do something to bring back the spirits, to uplift the spirits of a downtrodden Jewish people who had suffered so much physically and spiritually. And this is the uh, the reason why he wrote this Sefer, this book, and of its importance during his time. It was a book that was favored and approved and recommended by all of the gedolim, all of the great people of his generation and generation afterwards. I mean, many of the most prominent scholars and rabbis and spiritual leaders, Hasidim and Mislagdim, praised this book to the end of the world and recommended it to everyone. Isn't that unusual for a book, even especially in those years, to have such cross-the-board approval? Yes, it was. And one thing I wanted to mention was that Rabbi Kedinov himself translated this book into Yiddish to make it more available 
to hundreds and thousands of Jewish households who probably could not read it or absorb it in the text that which was written. And so therefore it became so popular, it was printed in many, many languages, and there was probably, during that time up until the Shoah, there probably wasn't a Jewish home in Lita or in Hungary or anywhere else that did not have a copy of the Kava Yashra. Obviously it fell into disuse uh, because of Churban Europa. The way the book is structured is kind of interesting. The name, the title of the book is Kav Hayashar, and that has some kind of a hint in terms of how it's structured. Is that right? It does. Uh, first, let me make a remark. You know, there's an expression today that many people use, you know, you have to talk to talk and walk to walk. Uh, unfortunately, in these generations of ours, there are a lot of people who talk to talk but do not walk the walk. Uh, Rabbi Kedenover, in his book, Kav Hayashar, puts it down very strongly, very simply, of how people should walk the walk. Many things have become in disuse, many things that were practiced, that were part and parcel of Jewish life before the Shoah, have become disuse. People today talk about concepts, talk about these things in Jewish life, Jewish laws and Jewish things, but they're not really cognizant of the effect of, shall I say, what effect does a mitzvah have in the overall mm-hmm. world, the overall above world, and relationship to Hashem. What does an Avera, what does a sin, what does it do? Is it just a personal thing? Does it affect the cosmos? Does it affect the whole structure and the conduction of the of the universe? Mm-hmm. Uh, these are the things that the rabbi discusses in Kava Yosha. Basically, he brings it down to the nuts and bolts of how a Jew should live, how a Jew should talk, how a Jew should act. And this is something that is very, very important in our generation. We are involved, a lot of us. I don't degrade chas v'sholem. We're all involved in speculation, philosophy discussions, ethical discussions. But we have to bring it down to earth. We have to understand what it means to do a mitzvah, what it means chas v'sholem, to do an avera. And this is the importance of this book. This was, as I say, again, this came natural to the Jews of the European communities before the unfortunate Shoah. Rav Volbi Zatzal speaks about this in um, the second Sefer of Ali Shur. It's one that has to do with its comparison of the previous generation with the present generation. And he says that we just are basically very weak today. The previous generation prior to Churban Europa was very strong. Even though they were impoverished, many of them, they seemed to, spiritually, they were flourishing in a much greater way. And I imagine uh, the heritage of a sefer like the Kava Yashar from Rabbi Kedenover was one of the, at least one of the foundation blocks in the lives of those people that gave them a sense of who we are, what we are, why we are. Here's practically what we want to do. We were saying prior to the last piece that there's a hint in the title in terms of how the book is structured. There was the word Kav. What do we mean by that? Well, first of all, Kav is 102, and there are 102 chapters in this book. And the Yosha, of course, is something straight, straightforward, no curves and no roadblocks. Yashar, Yashar. It's something straightforward, moving. I wanted to mention that the book, both in the original text and in the translation, reads very smoothly, very easily, and it reads and reads. It makes a lot, a lot of interesting sense to people. And I don't think there's a person around that would not benefit mm-hmm. in some way, some in a larger way, some in a smaller way. But there's a tremendous benefit in there. And if you can read it, both in the text and translation, it's wonderful. But if not, the translation is certainly, certainly easily read and it can be very meaningful to our generation. I just also want to add that the Gedolim, 
of yesteryear not only recommended it, but they themselves used it constantly. Mm-hmm. I think the, the Belzerov of sainted memory read it himself over a hundred times. And the Chassam Sofer recommended it to his children to be read on a daily basis. And I think that the Sefer could have a lot of, could have a very a large impact on our generation so that we can get back to basics. So we can get back to basics. How do we wake up in the morning? What do we do in the morning? How do we go to sleep at night? All the things that we sort of take for granted. And there's a lot of treasure in this book. And I hope that the Jewish people, our nation, whether scholars, teachers, laymen, women, ladies, children, will be able to take advantage of this safer and certainly make a tremendous impact on their lives. How did this come, the project of translating this into, and it is a very, I've mentioned, it's a very fresh, engaging level of English. It's not obtuse. It's very clear. It reads quickly. And yet it's extremely practical. It doesn't leave anything out in terms of what I would call daily Jewish living 101. But it also, as the Rav said, connects our daily experience to the much bigger picture of the Jews' impact on the world and the Jews' impact on even Olam Haba. There are many lofty themes that are related in here, but as it comes down to day to day. I was interested in how did this come to Rav Davis's attention? What was the impetus to do this project? Well, the impetus was twofold. Number one, there are, there were a few people that somehow or other found the Kava Yosha and were learning it as a group, and they uh, felt strongly that this should be translated so it would be available to more, more thousands of people, hopefully, that will read this book and benefit from it. Secondly, my own personal interest in translating and doing this was, I said, to bring Yiddishkeit down to earth. Mm. Again, I know uh, today it's very popular to go to Mamarim, to hear Musa Shemuasin, and to read ethical works, uh, all of these things. But people can get carried away with thought. There's more than they have to be down to earth, and that's why I figured our generation. I'm not talking about those who are not observant. So even those who are observant, those who are studying Torah, they also are getting carried away. I think with concepts rather than with acts. Like I say, we have to not just talk the talk, we have to walk the walk. We have to learn how to walk every step of our lives, every waking moment. How a Jew should think, how a Jew should talk, how a Jew should dress, how a Jew should conduct himself with his fellow man, with his shit, with a God. These are things that we have to do. That's why I undertook this project. I felt there was a, this man, this Rabbi Kedanov, had a contribution that was made and should not be forgotten. So I, I'll ask the Rav for an example, maybe, that we can look at, just a, a few, what we call, I guess, a shtiklach from the, from the Sefer in a moment. I wanted to just remind our listeners that you are listening to The Gabrielle Sanders Show here on WSNR, AM 620 here in Metro New York, and on the World Wide Web through TalklineCommunications.com and OlamRadio.com, where you can hear a world of Jewish music 24-6. We're speaking right now with Rabbi Avram Davis. He is the chief editor for all of the various works that have been published through Mitsuda, and there's hardly an observant Jewish home around the English-speaking world, at least, that doesn't have something from this publishing house. I know I've been reading, as uh, I see Rabbi Davis quite often, like just about every morning at 7 o'clock, and as we learned together, and it was through his influence in my own life that I discovered this book, and I can say to our listeners, this is definitely, it's a two-volume set, nice big font, both the Hebrew and the English, or it's got to be, I don't know, the English has got to be at least 12, maybe 14 point, Uh, so from a readability point of view, it's very easy 
but the content is what really grabbed me. There are uh, things from the most practical aspects of the Shulchan Aruch, attractively easily written, to even some elements from the Zohar that come out in just pristine fashion. So uh, I think it's a, it must have been an amazing work to do. First of all, I think it was amazing work for Rabbi Kadnover to do, Rabbi uh, Tzvi Hirsch Kadnover to do at his time, considering the chaos that was uh, storming through Kal Yisrael at the time after Shabtai Tzvi, as the Rav uh, alluded to. So, is there a particular, just a little, little taste of the no. of, of this of the Kavi Yashar that Rav would like to bring out? One more, I just wanted to mention that there are many very, very interesting and very compelling stories that the author Rabbi Kedav brings that really that reveal and uh, explain very, very, very explicitly the many of the things that he's been t- writing about and teaching. Mm-hmm. They're very, very interesting, and they stay with a person. These stories. Yes. Oh, yes, yes. I wanted to mention something that. Most people know and hopefully do, but don't understand really the importance of it and the problems that occur when it's not done. I'm going to read from this. The primary form of purification required of a person is the washing of his hands immediately upon leaving the bathroom. But hand washing is also required upon exiting the bathhouse, cutting one's nails, taking a haircut, with touching any part of the body that is normally covered. Whoever is careful about washing his hands under these circumstances would not swiftly come to sin. But someone who is not careful about washing his hands will inevitably commit grievous sins. This is because one who is lenient in this matter becomes enveloped in the shell of impurity mm-hmm. that linger in unclean places. Washing the hands compels these shells to distance themselves from him. Now, come and see what is written in the Zohar. Whoever enters a bathroom must not read from the Torah until he has washed his hands. Woe to those who pay no heed and know nothing of the honor due to their master and who do not realize upon what the world stands. One must be carefully, especially careful, about washing one's hands before prayer. In other words, I want to digress for a moment. I mean, I have seen, I'm sure people have seen, people walk into the shul, walk into the base of mothers, and immediately start davening. But that's wrong. That's not right. As he writes, one must be especially careful about washing one's hands before prayer. As it is written, I will wash my hands in cleanliness. My soul shall bless Hashem and all my inwards. His holy name, that is one, must be sure that one's intestines are clean as well. In other words, one should make sure that he's washing one's hands reminds a person of the sanctity and the purity of what he's going to do. The sages warn that from every sin a person commits and does not erase through repentance, weeping, and confession, a destroying angel is formed. This angel clothes himself in a piece of wood or stone and then on some later occasion causes the sinner to trip and come to harm. Now this is mentally, of course, this is symbolic. In other words, by doing a wrong thing, by doing a sin, you create a malach. And this malach waits doesn't disappear. I mean, he waits for opportunities to trip you up and to cause you to do other sins. In other words, we have to be cognizant that our sin is harmful. Not just a sin and we forget about it. It's creating something that is going to do harm to yourself and to others. On the contrary, one who does a mitzvah creates a, an angel, a malach, that will be with him and will help him along the path to achieve his perfection in Torah and in religion and in purity and in prayer. So this is one of the one of the small examples of what we can expect. It brings us back to the idea of living a life full 
with, with, with everything that is with everything that is part of it. But we can't take things for granted. It's important. These little things are important, and these are things that we must realize. So, what we find then in this in this wonderful two volume set, done in Hebrew and in English, are many little things that have big significance. Is what we're saying. Is that correct? That's right. Exactly. In other words, the author of Klichemda, the Gila Mukim, writes in a similar vein that when a man chooses to sin with a certain object, the angel points over and shouts, Let not the fool of egoism overtake me, nor the hand of the wicked move me. So Pussy can tell him. In short, the power of transgression is that it summons the Sitra Achara, and from, and from that moment, Onward, the scene of the crime becomes a place of danger. Hmm. Rabbi Chia Rezor writes, Rabbi Chia and Rabbi Yosef were traveling along the road through the desert, engaging in study when they spied a certain man coming towards them, bearing a burden. Rabbi Chia said, Let us not join up with him, lest he turn out to be an idolater with whom it is forbidden to associate, or an ignoramus with whom it is appropriate to associate. Rabbi Yosef replied, Let us test him. Perhaps he's a Torah scholar in halachic authority. And they found out subsequently that this man was a Torah scholar. And they asked him, please tell us something of learning that we, that we should know. And he said, heaven forbid I should withhold this information from you and thereby become accountable for you. And then this man went ahead and told them things that they never heard before. In other words, we can always learn. We always, to make sure that we meet people, we misjudge them. This person could be the Torah scholar, and there are many things that we can learn from him. So this is another thing that we have to understand, that we have to learn from everyone, and that everyone is important and valuable. And we should treat people like that. Can I assume correctly that the Kava Yashar is available uh, wherever Matsuda books are sold? Yes, indeed. Yes, it is. It's two volumes in a very beautiful uh, jacket. I, I hope that it becomes a part of every Jewish home. This is, I say, this is read and enjoyed and should be a source of, of, uh, of development for men, women, children. There's something in here for everybody. We are right on the threshold of Pesach, and I know that Rabbi Davis has uh, been through a great learning, being a Talmud of uh, Rabbi Hutner, Zechon Levracha, mm-hmm. and who gave us great insights who spanned the generations and spanned various segments of Yiddishkeit. Based on his perspective, what would Rabbi Davis say to us for this year to be thinking about around the Seder table? I'm very glad you asked that question, Gabriel. I'm going to say this at my own Seder table, and I think it's very appropriate. The um, the Svarim tell us that the power of speech was in Golis, was lost during the time of the Exodus, the time of the Triumph. We find... Interestingly enough, when Jews were enslaved, they cried to Hashem, by Izaku, by Yitzaku, by Ishavu, but they didn't speak. They cried, they groaned, they moaned. They didn't speak. They couldn't speak. They, had no, they lost that power of speech to communicate directly with the Bunishlam. So they cried, they groaned, and the Bunishlam heard, he heard them. The Gemara says that a child does not recognize his father until he has partaken of wheat, of chita. When he realizes bread, then he, he at that point realizes he has a father. So the Svar Magadoshim tell us that the bread that awakened the Jewish people in Mitzrayim was the matzah. 
when they ate matzah, they realized they had a father. They realized there was an av b'shemayim. There was a vidusha b'shemayim. This was the bread that gave them the realization and understanding there is a father. And that's why Pesach, let's say, Pesach, the Pesach speaks. And that's why it's an unusual thing that no other yontif has this, these words that we say in the Haggadah. Kol ha-marbe we don't find this by sukkahs, by any holiday. Call her marbe, because now that we have speech, the more we use our speech, the sapir to talk about the nisim, to talk about the wonders, and we'll talk about the salvation that Hashem gave us, this is what we have to talk about. We gain speech. Our speech became redeemed. Whereas in Mitzrayim, not only are we in Golas, our speech is in Golas. We have to realize that speech is important. We have to make sure that we speak properly, that we speak nice to people, to our wives, to our children. We have to know how to speak. We have to, to use our speech for good things. To learn how to say hello to a person. How are you? What can I do for you? To speak words of kindness, to speak words of, of goodness. These are the words that we have to learn how to speak. Not to speak of words of, 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 of nilpeh, lashon hara, and all these things. This is not part of why we're given the power of speech. Pesach, we were given the matzah, the matzah we eat to purify our mouths, to recognize through this matzah that we have a Father in Heaven. And therefore, we have to use the speech that He gave us to praise Him, to pray to Him, and to treat His creatures, our fellow beings, with respect and dignity. This goes for our wives, for our children, for our parents. This is... Because Mitzrayim is not just the exodus of Egypt. Mitzrayim represents the salvation of Klai Yisrael. And as the Gemara tells us, just like the Geula happened in Nisan, the Geula of Klai Yisrael, so too, with God's help, hopefully, very shortly, we will be Zerich Klai Yisrael, will have its final redemption during this month of Nisan as well. Amen, amen. Harav Avram Davis, Matsuda Publishing and many, many, many Talmudim who are grateful for what the Rav has given, I being one of them. Thanks so much for being with us tonight on the Gabriel Sanders Show. Chag Pesach Kashavah Thank you again, Gabriel. It's a pleasure being with you. And as one of my most devoted Talmudim, <laughs> it's always a pleasure to have you sit at the shir. And may you continue, maybe both continue, with good health for many years. Amen. A delight to share my Rav with my listeners. Kol Tiv Batzlacha